So I said some of you know this text a lot because uh, <laughs> that's actually where we get our name from. Uh, I did not come up with a name because I can't spell it and I can't say it, say it correctly, but uh, we've taken the word koinonia uh, uh, from this passage and it's up from the there from fellowship. But I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with the first word there and we're actually gonna talk a lot about or at least have an introduction to what does it mean to be devoted? Because this seems to be very important. You know, we, we had this fellowship of people, they, some of them been together for, <coughs> with Jesus for three years. <coughs> Jesus dies, <coughs> he rises again, and then he ascends. And he says to them, wait until the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will become witnesses in Jerusalem to the end of the earth. So they've gone through a lot together, and they are just getting, just you know, just getting started now on their mission after Jesus went, but the Holy Spirit came. So this is a group of people that are, they're devoted. Jesus has changed everything in their lives. They are devoted. Now in the, in the, in the. In the passage, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. I just want to just dwell a little bit longer on the devoted part, because sometimes I there's this good this is good old um, what's it called old dictionary called Webster's, the one from 1828, because the one from 1828 is a uh, more written from a a, a faith-based uh, understanding, so it uh, often brings in things and words from the Bible and explains them. So, uh, so devoted here can be 
It can be like a vow. It's, it's something that is solemnly set apart. It's something that's dedicated. It's something that's consecrated. It's something that's, like that's give, you give something up for. And then, if you even, if we take it a little, even a little bit further, the devoted things in the Old Testament, things that was devoted to God, then it's kind of like devotion, devotion becomes an offering to or something set apart for. And uh, I think when we think about devotion that way or devoted to, then it becomes a lot more than, oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, part of this club or something. No, it becomes like set apart for and becomes a very strong. And, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, things that were devoted to God were the things that was burned or offered. So we can think about that. But we know in the New Testament, we are, we are asked to bring ourselves as living sacrifices. So the, this is going to be the main message today. It's going to be questions about what am I devoted to? Am I devoted to Jesus? And to what level am I devoted to Jesus? But we're going to go just a little bit at a time just to go. So we have the devoted part and then we have the apostles teaching. So they are, they're devoted to the, they're devoted to Jesus, they're devoted because of Jesus, they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. And so what is the apostles' teaching? Now those, those are the things that they learned from Jesus. They, they, the apostles teach what Jesus has taught them and what the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance. And so if you have to find the apostles' teaching, you find it here, you find it in the New Testament. You find it in Jesus' teaching, you find it in the teaching of the letters, because that is written down what the apostles taught. So at this point in time, they are gathering together, they are devoted to Jesus, devoted to the teaching that Jesus taught. And what was the first message that Peter talked about last time? First, 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 first message. The first message was, Jesus is not dead, he is alive. And he is not just a man. He is the Christ. He is God. Jesus is a king. He came. And you saw him as a man. You saw him do all these miracles. It means that God attested that he was amazing. Not only just amazing, he was also the Christ, the promised one. That you killed him with your sins and your rebellion. You killed him. But it didn't end there. Because he could not stay dead, as the prophet said. said. And also the song said, nothing could keep him in the grave. So he was risen. And that was what they were witnesses of. Jesus is risen. Where is he? Ascended on high to the right hand of the Father. And what's he doing there? He's preparing a place. And he's waiting to come back. That is what they're witnesses about. That's what they're devoted to. That's the apostles' teaching. Then they do that to stir each other up. They have the fellowship. Or the Greek word, koinonia. Fellowship. They're devoted to the fellowship. They're devoted to the other people that Jesus had saved. The other group. I think there. This is a, I think it's very helpful. It's from this program where it shows how koinonia is translated. And some of you who've been here a little bit longer, you also know the next slide. But so in the blue, you can see, oh, apologize to the people online, but 
uh, in the blue you can see it's used that many times to still sell the sheet for fellowship, participation sharing, contribution, and part of partnership. So if you remember this series, which was not that long ago, we went through uh, uh, by, uh, words that don't have any. It starts out with what I said, it starts out sharing a common life. What is common life? The common life in Christ. The devotion to Jesus. Union with God, knowing that we actually are united with God through faith. Uh, communion with God, we can actually commune with God. Fellowship and community with each other. Spiritual fellowship, it's not just drinking coffee. Partnership, it's also giving others, as we hear, because it's not just fellowship, it's sharing, contributing, partnership. Using our fellowship gifts within the community, sharing our positions, supporting local ministry, fellowship of suffering. We're not just called us to, um, we're also called, as we read, to share in Christ's sufferings. That's also fellowship. Fellowship of serving and the social fellowship. All these things are in this word koinonia. So they're devoting themselves to these things. They devote themselves to the fellowship they have, to the participation, to share, to count, to meeting, to partnership. <coughs> and the church went from 120 to 120, 300, 3,000, 120, approximately. So you can see uh, even that explosion. Because you can say, well, it's easy to do all these things if you just know everyone. Well, even at that early stage, it was me. And you just like <laughs> And also, you can also have to slide. Um, and then uh, I have this commentary that says, like, um, Komenia is it's not just fellowship. It, it's, it's, it always has in it this thing where, where you are participating in labor, not labor, like, Laboring together, or you're serving together, um, and you're using your gifts together, um, and, but it's always with the notion of its fellowship in Christ that underlies it all. So they're devoting themselves to the they're devoting themselves to the Pope's teaching and to this fellowship, which encompasses all these things, not just drinking coffee, a lot of other things. And then what happens to the people around them? Oh, they also also to the breaking of bread and to also pray together. They've been praying from the beginning, even from before the Holy Spirit fell. They are devoted to prayer and also to remembering the Lord Jesus through uh, communion and having having uh, meals together. And then what happens? All came upon every soul who believed, and who all came upon all came upon every soul. So as the people see these people being so devoted and being seen, they're seeing something they haven't seen before and a sense of awe falls in. You might say, but what is awe? Well, awe is from awesomeness. So it's, there's something, you see the awesomeness of God and you are in awe. So what do you say? You see the Grand Canyon, you see Mount Everest, you see an ocean, you see something, you see this, the, 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 the uh, hundreds and thousands of stars, and you can feel it all because it's it's so big, so something, so all falls upon 
in verse 3, 43, falls upon the community. And what happens? Many wonders and signs are being done through the apostles. The Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit may enable them to be witnesses and to do signs and wonders. But what was it like? What was it like? And we look at the next verses, 44 and 43. They were, they who believed were together, had all things in common. They were together, they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and giving to those who had a need. The interesting thing is this is not some communist paradise or something. This is this is some this is without compulsion. This is without pretense. This is people who will serve one another because of what God has done in their hearts. So we see how the Holy Spirit works in this community to be generous. To be encouraging, to pour out their lives for the people in the community. And what did they do? Well, they gathered day by day together at the temple and they gathered and breaking bread in their homes. Now, how did they do it? They do it did with a glad and generous heart. So one of my daughters is here, but uh, we try sometimes at home, you know, we try to pray, we try to do something before we eat, just to cultivate a, a generous spirit, a thankful spirit, and uh, most of the time uh, that's not something you can enforce or <laughs> tell people to be generous or to be thankful. You have to be thankful now! But we have so much in the West that sometimes we might be pretty ungrateful. Because, like, when's the last time we thought we were going to eat? Many of us hasn't been there. For some people, that's really, that's, that's reality. So here it's, they gather day by day. They can gather in the temple. Uh, that's going to stop soon. But they can gather in the temple. They gather in their homes. And they do it with glad and generous hearts. What a beautiful depiction of the believers, glad and generous hearts. And they're praising God. And they're at this point, they're having favor with all the people. And God is adding day by day more people that believe. What? That is probably the thing that everybody wants. What if every day we shared, people just kept coming to Jesus? Every day we shared, another person just up. Hey, I want to just Jesus, yes, I would like to follow him, the baptizers. Thank you. Every day. It is probably not as crazy as we think. Because let's say we roughly are one billion believers today. This is happening actually. <laughs> That God is gathering people day by day. We would also like to have liked for him to do it here again locally, as he was in the beginning. But the Holy Spirit is still working and moving. Then I have 
then from now, uh, this was just a short going through of the text, and now I have all these questions. It's going to sound a little bit like maybe one of my inspired mistakes. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of questions. And the thing is that uh, now you have to, now you have to start working because. Uh, this can be gentle or this can be hard, depending on your heart's status. If you have a, if you have a glad and generous heart, it might be light and fantastically great. If you have a hard heart, intense and heart, who doesn't want to crush to God, or you're hiding lots of sins, this one might hurt a little bit. But it'll be good for you. It'll be good for you. Um, as I said, the big question today is whether I can keep my, my notes on the board. No, the biggest question is about devotion. It's about, am I actually devoted? Am I devoted to Jesus? Yeah. And then, um, because if we looked at, yeah, if we just looked at, at this first church, and they, they have a lot of things they've got to learn, things are going to get more tricky and weird, um, and even, I, I, I think at some point we talked in our Bible study group, if a, if a fellowship like this actually could be there. And then we have some challenges in, in, in our fellowship here and our fellowship in the Bible studies is that uh, there's such a high turnover, so how can we ever get to know each other so well? And so for some people just saying, this can't be done, and whereas I'm, I'm like, well, we can see here it can be done, um, but we can also see what it is. Here in Acts is Jesus. He has overcome and overshadowed peoples fears and concerns. So I, I would actually agree with a skeptic that this is impossible. But, Jesus says that nothing is impossible with God. So it's impossible because it's supernatural. Because it's something that has to be done in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now even this fellowship, um, they kind of, you know, lose a little bit their way pretty soon. They, kind of forget that they were supposed to go to all the nations. Um, in a short time, um, in a short time, the unity and the peace is going to be tested. This is first going to happen by persecution. Um, not everybody likes the apostles' teaching. The apostles, the apostles are soon going to suffer and whipped and different things. Um, people are going to come in and starting to be starting to pretend to be generous, that leads to fatal consequences. And later we have conflicts that come in that are very prevalent in, in Paul's uh, letters. Well, how can the Jews and the Gentiles be mixed together? Shouldn't they all become Jews? The good news word for all the people. Um, so even in this first forming of the church, really fast problems comes up, um, challenges comes up. I would say there's still this kind of special love that those people have 
and they are marked by what Jesus said, that they, they would know them by the love they had for one another. So, where is my devotion? Where is your devotion? Am I devoted to first Jesus? Am I devoted to the people that Jesus saved? Am I devoted to his bride, the church? Am I devoted to the local church? Am I devoted to the apostles' teaching? Reading, encouragement of the Bible? Where is my devotion? Am I enjoying Jesus? Is my relationship to Jesus once a week on Sunday? Is it every day? Is it the same with these believers? Is it just once a week or is it day by day encouraging one another? Are we so given over to God with all, all our heart, mind, soul that we love our neighbor? ourselves because God loved us first when we were still in darkness and sin. Do I forgive because God forgave me? Do I believe that everything I have from God is a gift that needs that I've been given to be steward of? Um, do I believe what Jesus said that seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else will be added to you? Or uh, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, it's not um, a 2, 8, 13. I do not mean that you should be eased and other further, but at this matter of fact, you abundant at this time should supply the needs of others, and that they might be supply your needs later. As they were written, where gathered much had nothing left over, and where we gathered little had no lack. The sense of like, that's actually a good example. Somebody I was at a meeting, he said there was one guy who was nervous about finances. He said, the one guy suggested, why don't we do a spontaneous collection for this guy? If you have much, just give something to him. You don't have to, it's just if you want to. And that person was so encouraged. What is it that many of Paul's letters is about? They're about understanding Christ better, but also about how we should act towards one another. How, how a correction and encouragement to live for Christ in this world. And then I have this, uh, this good lady in verse here. Before I start to do questions. So Paul, he writes in Philippians, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, and a fixed of sympathy, complete my joy of being the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord with one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility. 
becomes other and more significant than yourself. Let each one not look to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's yours in Christ Jesus. Whom though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as his name to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow on earth and on earth, in heaven and on earth and on earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I think that word, this, these verses can accomplish so much about fellowship, but also where it comes from. It comes from our understanding what Jesus did for us. The, this is also a verse that gets stinged. Because in humility, count others more significant than yourself. That's not supernatural to do. Well, it's supernatural, it's supernatural to do, but it's not easy to do. I, sometimes I, I, or I did a couple, some years I did a winter camp for teenagers. And I would say at the camp's opening, I would say, if you focus on, uh, if you focus on making this camp good for every, for other people, I'll promise you will have a good camp. And that's kind of taking this verse out because if if you focus on other people having a good good time, well, then everybody else will make sure you have. So if we count everybody else as more significant than us, uh, as ourselves, well then everybody else will do the same. <laughs> and so if you won't be, as the world will say, well if you do this, you will everybody will track you down. No, no. And even if it was, it's because we are going after the devotion to Jesus. We're looking to Jesus as the example. We have an amazing God who in himself is fellowship and devotion. The Trinity, as I've tried to say many times, is a true, perfect fellowship, perfect devotion, perfect worship. But what about us? Do we see what God has done? How Jesus served us? How he devoted himself to serving us? To honoring the Father, the Holy Spirit? To praise and honor the glory of the Father. How is our devotion to Jesus? Because our devotion to Jesus depends on how all other relationships work out. There is no Christian fellowship if there is not devotion to Jesus. So to be able to be really part of a Christian fellowship, you have to be devoted and given over to Jesus. He has to be your Lord and Savior. Or you're not part of the fellowship. Because you're not in Christ. You're not with Him. That's where it starts. 
Each of us has to look at our devotion to Jesus. It's got to come from the, how we've seen him be devoted to us. That relationship, in turn, drives all other relationships. The more we really understand what Jesus has done for us, that should inform all other relationships and how we treat other people. I just stood up and said, I'm proud of you. You're doing a good job. You're really doing good things as a fellowship. Because I want to, I want to also put it out there to skeptics saying, well, these can't be done. Well, I don't think that's true because in my life and being part of this church, I know people who are praying for me. I know people who are supporting me and my family. I know that people have told me they come here and they enjoy the fellowship. They know that they can be come here and worship God together. I know that people are loving one another. I know they are praying for one another. I know they're texting one another. I know they're calling one another. I know they meet outside the church to encourage one another. Just like I said, I've seen you guys pull together to help this family. I've seen you have woman meetings, sisterhoods, AIF events, prayer times. To encourage one another with this. How my, how Jesus shaped me. So I would say I'm blessed and I hope you're feeling the same way to be part of this fellowship. And I hope it's informed by your devotion and by your understanding what Jesus has done for you and in you. Now the questions. What are you devoted to? Devoted to What am I devoted to? Am I really more devoted to my work? Am I really more devoted to myself? Am I really more devoted to my children? Am I really more devoted to my money, my reputation, my mind, my body? Am I really more devoted to my marriage or to my friends? Am I really more devoted to eating? Am I really more devoted to my health? Am I really more devoted to being a powerful person? Am I really more devoted to pleasing other people or helping other people? Am I really more devoted to justice? Am I really more devoted to romance or to sex or even bad things like pornography? Am I really more devoted to Facebook, to YouTube, TikTok? Am I really more devoted to conspiracy theories? Theories, as I have to say. Am I really more devoted to science? Just a few things that are bad in there, but many of them are not bad. But if that's what you're devoted to, it will shape how your relationships are. If you're devoted to those things more than Jesus, that is not the other. The, the other fellowship is not possible. Just as I think, just think about. But we always leave it on a blueprint, kind of. So, is your devotion 
day by day more of Jesus? Is your devotion giving yourself more to Jesus day by day? Is your devotion about dying more to yourself daily? Is your devotion taking up your cross and following Jesus daily? In great joy and in massive thankfulness with the, the beautiful hearts? With glad and generous hearts? Then praise the Lord Jesus. Because that's something God has done in and through And so I just, I want to just, uh, I want to just round it up by just looking at this passage one more time and just, just letting you just have a few moments just to think about those questions that I fired at you. I know some of those sting a little bit, and they probably should for most of us. Because for most of us, we probably have a long, long, long way. We know that in, in Christ we are holy, but we also know that we are sanctified day by day until Jesus comes back. So even as we give everything over to Jesus, He gently comes day by day saying, Should we take a look at this part too? A long time ago, I did uh, this uh, sermon that was called "What's in Your Box." Uh, it's five by one. My kids hiding something in a box. So it's just like a picture of when we come to know Christ, we just give Him everything. Jesus, take everything, take all my sin, take all that I'm wrong. I just give everything to you. Okay, and God's like, "Thank you. I'll take it all." Jesus has paid it. Then day by day, Jesus would maybe bring up, well, what about this? And opening up the box and saying, hey, there's also some things here we need to deal with. Well, I thought it was generous. Yes, but let's, let's, look at, let's look at what's in the box now. Let's look at, is it because I'm not really being kind? And I'm just being selfish? Maybe I didn't even know I was selfish. Maybe I thought I was like 100% devoted, but my screen time says on my phone says something totally different. Or my kids says something different. Or people at work, I'm known as the, <laughs> the person not doing anything. And I think it's just important to know the voices are not like, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're like, no, no, it's gently saying, this is not, first of all, this is not good for you, this is dishonoring me. This is something you need to just give to me. And you know what? You will have life in return. I'm asking to be 100% devoted to me. Not to me, to Jesus. And that is going to be a process until he comes back. You know, all oh, that's, that's, that's something, but I don't know. That's not how you should see it. You should see that Jesus is your refining little by little. Because of how overwhelming would it be if the first thing 
if we get to see Jesus begging, he just gives us everything to begin with. It's like, there's no way I can do this. This is, but day by day, refining us, making us more humble. And so I'm inviting you in. I know the questions I asked you were piercing and stained and probably hurt. It's really an encouragement to take a look at what are some of the things that Jesus is just asking me to lay down and in the past? I'm asking from Jesus to you be even more devoted. Lay down whatever you might think you need to lay down and get freedom. Because I think anything else will create what we're going to see unfortunately happen next. It would create, it would create a, instead of strong fellowship in Christ with one another, it's going to create a relationship of pretense. I'm going to do something, but I'm just, um, I'm going to show one side, but I really I really look totally different. We just got to see the story in Ananias and Sapphira. They're going to pretend to be generous. We're going to see it was a conflict that's going to arise. As soon as these things enter, the relationships, like most relationships, get strained and they don't know exactly how to relate to one. So the more devoted we are to Jesus, the more we're okay with actually showing who we are, asking people to pray and to walk with us, that's freedom. And that's actually what Jesus called us to. To give all things to Him that He might work in us to do it. And then, um, then I think it's, oh, my own mind, just, I gotta run this off. I think it's very important that this is about you, not about what you want other people to do. It's about, you shouldn't say to your husband or your wife or your friend, hey, you got served but No, it's how do I serve better? How am I more devoted to Christ? This is not something we lord our way by us because it's our desire to be more like Jesus. So that's what I want to share with um, to the skeptic out there, the skeptic in here, uh, these things are impossible in your own strength. That's why, that's why all of this is based on Jesus. That's why I'm calling for devotion to Jesus. And so if you don't know Jesus, I'll just ask you to pray that he would reveal himself to you. And that you would trust that God actually has provided Jesus for you to get your sins taken away, to have eternal life, and to actually be set free to live the real life in your own. And for all of us that has experienced that, and know this one was hard, and know it was maybe a, a kick in the stomach, uh, let's remember how much we've been loved and how much we've been given, and how much joy we have in who Jesus is. Well, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I, just, I thank you. I appreciate you. You've done so much in my life, and I'm so thankful.
for these people here, and I've seen so many grow so much, Lord. And it's you who does it. It's you who reveal yourself to us. We see when you're so devoted to us, we ask that that would flow from us to the people around us, here in the fellowship, through care and prayer, which I felt and do feel. Pray that for everyone. I also pray for the people that didn't make it today, the people that said they were coming or whatever. Pray that they're doing okay, um, that you're encouraging them where they are. How did they get lost on the way? Um, so we pray for them as well. And Lord, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you so much for changing so many people's lives, and you still do it. You still do it. You still call people to yourself. You still encourage. Lord, I pray as we've been doing through this whole series, may we see that as you came in power to live in us, that in Christ you have given us the power because you're in us to do the things you ask us to, to be witnesses, to lay down our lay out the things at the cross that we don't need to carry, to seek and serve you. Lord, I thank you so much for this church and these people. May you bless them and encourage them. Remind us about how wonderful and glorious you are, God. It's all for your praise and glory in Jesus' name.